Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 158. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. My name is Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned business growth strategist, helping entrepreneurs around the world to make six and seven figure leaps in their business. Each week, we bring you multiple episodes designed to help you go further faster in accomplishing your goals and dreams. Now let's get down to business. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to be here with our special guest today, Shannon McClay. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I'm excited to be here. You got it. We are going to get people in financial shape today, so I'm excited to have you here. So just to share a little bit of your background with our listeners, Shannon is a financial planner who left traditional financial services to start her own company, The Financial Gym, because she felt traditional financial service firms did not have the tools or resources to help people in their 20s and 30s who are starting out and trying to build assets while also managing debt. She realized that the key to long-term personal financial success is a commitment to financial fitness and making smart financial choices. Through her blog, Financially Blonde, her book, Train Your Way to Financial Fitness, her podcast, Martinis and Your Money, and her company, Shannon is committed to making financial fitness fun, easy, and accessible for others. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's let's get down to business here, Shannon. First of all, why does our education system and all of our traditional, you know, financial services uh, companies out there, why don't they actually support the reality of you know what we're all dealing with day to day? Well, I mean, the the sad and honest truth is that there's no money in it or they don't believe there's money in it. Having come from my background in in banking, large banking, and then before I started my business, I was at Merrill Lynch as a financial advisor. The way that that financial services works is based on selling you something, a product, whether it's an investment, a mutual fund, or a credit card. And they, they're they product-driven. And for most products, you have to have money. Um, and you need to be able to, they need to be able to sell you the product to keep their business going. And what I realize is that people don't need products. They need mm-hmm. services. I mean, you know, I, I would see that at Merrill Lynch, I had clients who had millions in assets and they were making six figures, but they weren't getting ahead. And every quarter we would meet and I would say, what, what's happening? Why aren't we getting where we need to go? And what I realize is it's not in the investments. Anybody can invest money. You could put all your money in a mutual fund. You don't need that. It's the day to day money management. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the struggle. And you know, what, what, current financial service providers want to give us, especially the mass affluent, they call them, which is pretty much everybody who has less than 250,000 in assets. They want to give us technology, like an an app and say, look, Hey, we created this app for you and good luck. You know, and my clients are like mint.com never would have given me what you've given me. Or, you know, people just need somebody, an accountability partner, the human touch. I mean, the app 
and the technology might work for some people, but from my experience, it doesn't work for the large majority of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, definitely it's, it's broken. And until people really kind of strike out on their own and seek to understand how they can build wealth for themselves and be successful, you know, growing wealth from where they are with what they've got, it, it's just going to continue this cycle of struggle, I believe. So I think the work that you're doing is really important, Shannon, and I'm excited to, to hear more about your philosophy. So you, you mentioned the day-to-day, which I really like mm-hmm. because I think that makes it simple for people. And I think that that's what people need is, is you know, what can I do right here, right now from, from where I'm at? What are some of those things that you always recommend that people get started with as far as getting in, in better financial shape? Yeah, well, you know, I always say that the key to financial fitness is the same. It's just two things. And it's the same as physical fitness. It's just two things. So to get physically fit, you should eat less and work out more. And to get financially fit, you should spend less and make more. And they're both two very basic, they both are comprised of two very basic actions. And yet, I said, if, if it were so easy, we'd have a bunch of skinny millionaires running around, you know, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and the fact is they're both very difficult to do. And especially when it comes to financial fitness and money decisions, spending less and making more, it, it's, uh, they're, they're concepts that people struggle with, especially, and I say this all the time to my clients that there are billions of dollars a year being spent on making us financially fat making poor financial choices because that's all the marketing. That's everything that's out there. You know, here's what you should spend money on, right? There's so much marketing around that, that it's very difficult for us to make the smart choices. And the, the easiest, the, that's the hard part. So the, what you have to do is create a strategy around, you know, what's important to you and, and make your choices around that. I think the biggest thing I do for my clients is I help them identify their goals. And I think if you're not working with somebody, you're wondering how you get financially fit or get your money on track. I think the number one thing you need to think about is what's important to me. What am I working for? What is this all about? What, why am I even going to work every day to make money? And I think the majority of us probably would not say it's for clothes in the closet and extra shoes or, you know, to go out to dinners. You, it's probably something bigger than that. And what you need to do is focus on that bigger thing and start making your choices around that instead of getting lost in all the little things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, let's go back to that for a quick second, because I don't get to have this conversation on the podcast very often. But I I really do believe there, there is definitely a significant amount of pressure and programming um, from society, you know, around what you should be spending your money on what what things should look like on the outside in order to be acceptable. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you're right, it's billions of dollars being spent to tell us where our money is supposed to be going. And um, none of those places where we're being told it's supposed to be going are the things that add up to the life that we want, right? Exactly. They're not making us happy. No. They're, they're, they're temporarily happy. Absolutely. But then then I see this a lot with my clients because in my work with them, we're going into everything. They, they I say they get financially naked with me and I see it all. And I, what I see happen is when they, they spend money on things that aren't important to them, they feel good at like initially, like, oh, look at this. I just got my eyebrows done and they feel good for that moment. And then when we look at their numbers, it's like, 
Oh, I really wish I had that extra $50 in my bank account now. Um, that, and they, there's this regret and, and it's, and it, there is so much of society and especially with social media and the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, feeds that everybody's seeing, it, it does make it difficult to make, uh, financially responsible choices because they don't always look and look good. <laughs> they mm -hmm. feel good. They, they look good for your balance sheet. They don't look good, um, from, from, I guess, like what society would tell you or the Kardashians would tell you. Looks right. Like. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, it's fascinating that I see, cause I see all sides of it. I've worked with clients who are, you know, multi millions and then clients who have multi hundreds <laughs> and the clients who are the healthiest, happiest people really. And I think there's, there's, there's been numerous studies that have been done that have said that the happiest income number is $70,000 a year in the U S and they, they estimate that's about the amount that you need to cover your basic needs. And then anything beyond that doesn't really make you happy. And, and so the clients that I see are happiest are the ones that are covering their basic needs and they're pursuing the life they want to pursue and they don't care if their, their outfit was from the thrift store or TJ Maxx or wherever they, um, they're doing what they want to do and they, and they can make those choices cause they have the money to make the choices and that's more important than what's in their closet. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's, it's really about the pendulum not going to the other side where you, you know, have the balance of making the money that you want to make so that you can afford the things that you want and, and enjoy and, and can save and, you know, impact, you know, the future. But on the, on the flip side, not swinging the pendulum to the other side where the work that you're doing um, allows you to make the money, but in exchange for making the money, you have to compromise the life that you want. And then you're no longer happy even though you're making the money because there's no time or energy or, or health or happiness to be able to enjoy it, right? Yeah. Or you're just, you're working so hard to just to support the lifestyle that you've created. I call that being a salary hostage. You know, there's nothing worse than wanting to do something else. And, and especially with millennials, my millennial clients, they, they want to do a lot of different things. But if you've got student loan debt or you know, mortgage, or you've got these other uh, costs that have increased your lifestyle, then it's very difficult for you to make choices around a different job or travel or something that might be a little more meaningful. Yeah. What are some of the top five things that you see over and over again that people can um, easily save money on to put more money, you know, in into savings every month or investment or whatever the case without really, you know, having any hardship or, you know, pain to them, mm -hmm. but what, what are some of those, you know, money leaks that, that you yeah. help people uncover? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the number one money leak for everyone is food. That is the number one. And what I say, what I say and I see is that in your monthly budget, the, usually the highest expense is where you live. So your rent or your mortgage, sadly enough, the second highest I see with some clients is student loan debt. Um, but the, the either the second or third highest I see across the board is your food spending. And this is the challenge that I see with clients all the time because people assume that food is a need because my clients will say, well, Shannon, I need to eat. And of course we need to eat, but it's the way we eat that mm -hmm. is, that is becomes a want. So eating out and, um, what I call mindless food shopping, those are huge, huge budget leaks. And I mean, to the extent of 
hundreds of dollars a month, which adds up to thousands of dollars a year. I've had clients just change the way they think about food and literally save over $5,000 a year. Yeah. It's like you can refinish, you can put new like marble countertops or, you know, refinish a room or get new furniture for your, like a room in your house for the money that you're just spending on crap that disappears the second that you put it in your mouth, you know? Yeah. Kelly, there's so much, all of us could do a $5,000 a year, right? Yeah. would probably feel better than any individual meal or something like that. And, and I see it all the time with clients. They're like, I I can't get my budget any lower. My food budget is what it is. And, and that's when you start, you know, that's where my work comes in and we start, they get financial exercises and, and specific things they have to do. And literally every single one of my clients is spending less on food than they were when we started to work out. Yeah. Okay. No, that's great. I think that, uh, that gives everyone a lot to think about. I know I am definitely guilty of that. We go out to eat all the time. Um, so (laughs) yeah, definitely. That's, that's some food for thought right there. Um, (laughs) before I go on Kelly, the one thing I want to say though, I I clarify, I always tell all my clients, I'm a judgment-free zone, right? I don't care what you're doing or how you're doing it. I just care about where you want to go and how I get you there. And I really, I have this with clients. I don't, if you, if food is important to you and going out to eat is one of your important things. Like I have clients who say that live in, I am in New York and my a lot of clients in New York city. And they said eating out, I, I have to do then that's fine. But then you've got to make choices in other areas. So, you know, you can't also eat out, you can't eat out and also have a very high retail budget too, you know, or you're, you have to live somewhere else. Like you just can't have it all. So if food's important to you and eating out is important, then great. But then you've got to make choices somewhere else. Cause yeah. And I think it's also just like being like conscious about it. Right. So like, you know, it's not like you're saying don't go out to eat, but it's yeah. like, you don't know, need to go out, you know, four nights a week and spend money for, you know, a sit down dinner, you know, every single night of the week that is not even necessarily anything special or, you know, whatever the case. So I, I think it's, 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 all in like good measure, right? Yeah, it's all exactly. I used to be over 200 pounds after I had my son and I'm five, five and 200 pounds. I said, I I said I used to be financially fat and physically fat, um, five years ago. And I went on Weight Watchers. That's how I lost my weight. And one of the best things you learn on Weight Watchers is that, you know, everything in moderation and I like to drink. And I mean, I have a show called Martinis and Your Money. That's important to me. And so I would know like on the weekend I want, I would have, want to have a few glasses of wine. Well, if I wanted to have that, then I'd have to eat salads during Mm -hmm. the week, you know, Mm -hmm. and to, I couldn't have the pizza and the wine. Right. Yeah. To choose. Right. Yeah. It's just what's (laughs) important to you. And it's the same thing with the money. You know, it's like, yeah, you can go out to eat. I'm not saying you, you, you can't. I mean, I never want to be the one taking the punch bowl away at the party. I'm usually the one bringing it. So right, I mean, right, right, right. Yeah. So no, I want I you to have that. fun too. You work hard, but like, just keep it in perspective. So if you're going to go out to eat and have a good time, well, maybe you eat in a few nights during the week, you know, or or make different choices, or or have leftovers, or or do something a little less sexy. Sure, with- absolutely. So what? So definitely the food. I think everyone yeah. can take that and act <laughs> on that right away. What are like maybe one or two other ones that are really common that that you could uh get people's wheels turning thinking yeah 
Another one is the automatic payments. So I, I see this happen a lot with clients. They just, we, when we go through their numbers, it's like, well, why are you spending $20 a month? Just see the dues, you know, for whether it's the gym that you never go to or you've signed up for some mm-hmm. subscription service and you don't even use it. Those can, those can add up to hundreds of dollars a month as well. And what happens is it's $5 here. It's $10 here with the gym. It could be a hundred dollars a month and you're not even using it. Um, and they just automatically charge to your card. So you're not thinking about it. And they're just like these little silent killers. Mm-hmm. So what I force my clients to do a lot of times when they're sitting with me is we'll go through and literally they'll just start canceling while we're together. And you know, those add up a hundred dollars a month. That's, you know, $1,200 a year right there. And some, you know, that's easily controllable. Yeah, no, great. I love that. I love that. So I think one of the goals that we all have, Shannon, um, you know, all of us that are parents are to make sure that our kids are in an even better, you know, money situation, even better financial situation than us. And certainly, as I mentioned at the beginning of the call, um, that we provide them with a financial education because they're not going to really get it elsewhere. Like, what nope. are what are some of the things that you recommend for the parents listening that, you know, want to raise financially fit kids? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am a parent raising, a, I have a 10 year old son. And I tell people all the time, he's the most financially fit person I know. And it's because I started talking to him about money from an early age. He was mm-hmm. about five when we started the conversations. And, and as they get older, the conversations could get more involved. But I always say, make the start making them have those conversations and make them make money choices from an early age. So whether it's, you know, earning, uh, um, earning, not a salary earning, um, you know, getting chores around the house, making money from that. Or if you, I had a rewards chart for my son and as he did certain things, he, he knew there were different prizes or of dollar value. Or if your kids get money from, for birthdays or, holidays or whatever, make them use their money for especially the wants they have in life, not necessarily the needs, you know, you're providing the needs for them, but for the wants, the extra things, make them start paying for it. And, and it's amazing when they have to use their own money, how, uh, how much different this scenario will be. And it'll be a fight and there'll be times you'll be in target or wherever, and you just want to just give them something to shut them up. But Um, but you have to say no, you have to make them pay for it or have those hard conversations. And, and I've seen over time, you know, now my son, he's very thoughtful about how he spends money and, and he has his own money. He just actually recently opened up an investment account. Now he's investing and and it's progressed, but the sooner you start talking about it, the better and, and, and include them in where appropriate in family money decisions. So if you're deciding to eat in instead of going out, you know, you, you should say we're going to eat in tonight because we are, you know, saving up our money because, you know, we'd rather go to Disney world or we'd rather go on this trip. And, and I think a lot of times parents feel bad, you know, there's a lot of like guilt we have, like, Oh, our kids aren't going out to eat and their friends are going out to eat or they're not wearing the LeBron James shoes that our friends are wearing, their friends are wearing. And who cares about that? Right. Your, your home is your, your choices. And you need to express that to your child that you're making financial choices that are appropriate to your family's goals and, and life. And, and you need to let them know why you're doing that. And I yeah. think they appreciate that, you know, that yeah. it gives them a perspective. 
That's awesome. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that um, I think tying the money in with the family goals is so important. Like we post our top 10 family goals on our refrigerator and look at mm-hmm. them every single day and we talk about them. And, you know, we're, we're so focused as a team, you know, working towards them. And it's something Madison, my daughter's only two, so she's not quite there yet, but um, <laughs> maybe will. another year. Right. <laughs> but um, no, I think when you're having those money discussions, you know, tying, you know, the, the family goals and, and kind of what money means and you know what what it takes to achieve those goals is a great way um to really develop that thoughtfulness you know and and that understanding and then I love what you said about like giving them the exercises and having them make the choices you know those are all such good such good tips and strategies um for for people to to really be thinking about with their kids for sure yeah and I the other two things I would just say with financially fit kids is absolute no is your number one tool. Um, it's the most difficult one when you've had a long day and you just want to say yes, but saying no really it, it will add up. Um, I, I had I can't even tell you how many meltdowns when he was like mm-hmm. three, four, and five in the, the Isle of Target because he couldn't get some ridiculous mm-hmm. thing when he had a room of ridiculous things he never played mm-hmm. with. And, you know, that's what, that's where the drinking came in, Kelly. <laughs> there you go. It's all right. rooted back to that. That's, I, I get it. Yes, definitely. I need to go home and have that glass of wine. But I said no. And, and what's interesting now is he's 10 because I consistently said no, he just doesn't even ask anymore, you know, or right. actually the, the, it came the other day I asked him about if he wanted to get this t-shirt that was, it was supporting his school fundraiser. And he's like, nah, or he's like, how much is it? And I was like, it's $20. He's like, oh, that's too much for a t-shirt. And that's great. I, and I was like, no, it's for the school fundraiser. So I said, we're, we're like giving back to the school. So I'm okay with the $20 t-shirt, but he knows now, you know, he didn't even ask for the t-shirt. I was almost like forcing it on him. And it's just from lots of years of saying no. And, um, the other thing I would say is also to let your kids fail with money. Um, my son, he, he keeps all his cash in a, in a baggie. And I also think cash is a great teacher for money, not cards or anything like that. Kids need to know like what's there is there. And once it's gone, it's gone. gone. Cause that's reality. Yeah. And, um, so he spent through all of his cash when he was five, I let him, he was buying Legos. He was really into that. And he spent through everything. And he, I remember he wanted to get something else. And I said, you don't have any money left. And he just started crying and he's like, I thought I had more left. And I was like, uh, nope, it's literally changed. Mm-hmm. It broke my heart. Of course, I mm-hmm. thought temporarily about buying him what he wanted, but I didn't. And I said, okay, now what are you going to do? You have not, what are we going to do? He's like, well, I get $10 every month from here. I've got Christmas coming up here. And he started making the plan and of how he would get more money. And he has never lost money again since then. And, you know, now he's got over a thousand dollars and, um, and an investment account. And that failure was so key. And I've talked to him about it a lot since then. I said, remember how you ran out of money? He's like, yeah, that was really sad. (laughs) Like that was not a good day. And it's great to let them have those failures when they're in that, this warm, friendly home environment versus out there in reality, you know, having a big failure, that's going to mean, you know, $3,000 credit card debt or, um, you know, like overdrawing their, their checking accounts and things like that. 
Yeah, no, that's I love that story. It's so powerful and it's so true. And it's it's I'm sure for everybody listening, no matter what age your kids are at, or if you don't have kids yet, or you're never going to, you can think about your own situation, your own relationships, maybe family members coming to borrow money from you, whatever it is. But I think you know, letting your kids learn um, definitely will be the most powerful teaching tool. So I, I love that story. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I do want to spend a couple minutes while I have you here, Shannon, talking a little bit about money mistakes that you see um, amongst entrepreneurs and or just key considerations for those that Mm -hmm. are starting or growing a business. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show. You're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, So talk to me a little bit about what you see in that realm and just some of the top tips that you have for entrepreneurs around money. I think the number one biggest money mistake that I see entrepreneurs make and I've made myself is getting ahead of yourself on your spending in your company. I think if you're an entrepreneur, you are passionate about something. I I mean, I think we would all agree as entrepreneurs, like there's a, a million other things we could probably do that would be safe and make sense, but we're doing this because we're passionate. And the problem is where, and I see this with clients when there's emotion, that's where we make the biggest financial mistakes. And and so we have to be aware and manage that that passion and emotion we have with our businesses and wait for the business to before wait for the business to grow and not try to spend too much into it initially i definitely did that i have a lot of regrets on having office space I didn't need, you know, when I didn't really have that many clients or I, I, th- I still have pre-stamped envelopes that I, cause I just was convinced I was going to sell send out all of these invoices to all my clients, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know, you know, they're just collecting dust right now. And that was like a $200, um, investment I made. I think to, to try to, you know, especially as you're building it and maybe using your own money, think about bootstrapping more and being a little bit more frugal. And even though it's not exactly what you want it to be, like maybe you're in a shared working space instead of your own space, or you're working out of your basement instead of an office that you'd like, appreciate that and take that and learn from it and know that you're, you're still growing and, you know, there's baby steps and you'll eventually get to where you want to go. But if you make smarter money choices along the way, you'll last longer along the way as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the office space is one of the biggest mistakes that I see. Mm-hmm. as well. Um, I see people making the mistake all the time. And, you know, the way I explain it to my clients is, you know, do you want to have to wake up on the first of every month in a big, deep, dark hole that you have to yeah. spend the month digging yourself out of when it's unnecessary? There are a few professions where you need a physical workspace. And obviously in those professions, you need to have a workspace. It is what it yeah. is. But for the vast majority of businesses today, so much of what we do is virtual. So much of what we do is online. There's just no reason reason to put that burden on yourself and you know I I tell people you know you can get in your car and and drive five minutes from your house and you'll see that every few weeks there's a new business shutting down turning over lights off signs in the windows for lease for rent whatever um and and even established companies you hear around the country are shutting down stores hundreds at a time um Mm -hmm. because the model simply is broken it doesn't work anymore with how expensive it is to you know run a business so i love 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 that you brought that up because i think that's something everyone needs to feel like they can give themselves permission that just because you work virtually that doesn't mean that you don't have a real business or what you're doing isn't 
yeah. legitimate. Like those days are so over. You know, it I is feel over. like that's old school thinking, it's Kelly. Old right? School. Old school. <laughs> it is. It's old school, and you know, the smart entrepreneurs absolutely bootstrap. And I think it's so smart, um, just as you said, to to focus on you know spending as you grow versus mm-hmm. spending and and then assuming that you'll grow. Um, yeah. Because you know, many times that that's what can you know take you right out of business, and also. I know that there's like a big wave out there regarding, you know, raising investment funds, venture capital, uh, whatever the case for your business. But, you know, I I think especially if you're a newer entrepreneur, it's so important to have the experience of learning what a dollar Mm -hmm. means in your business because otherwise, even if you get someone else's money, and I've seen this many times with clients that come to me after that disaster has happened, when you don't understand uh, you know what it takes to earn that dollar and you're spending someone else's it, it typically doesn't end well right yeah I mean companies have budgets just like people have budgets right. and if you're if you have investors they want to know that you can manage a business budget and that starts with making smart choices and I think people get confused because you, you, you there I do believe in spending money to make money and mm-hmm. I think that's where they'll say well I have to spend this money mm-hmm. to you know to take my business to the next level well yeah you do have to spend money to take your business to the next level but spend it on the things where you're going to get a good return on it you know I I, I talk to clients about investments all the time you want a good total return on your investment and like we were saying I don't think an office space necessarily is going to give you a good return maybe you get a better return on a better website or you know like putting money in that or hiring a virtual assistant to help you you know manage your email flows or like trivial tasks that are tying you up when they shouldn't things like that like think about spending money wisely and getting the right return on it cuz um i think it's just it's easy to spend money especially when it's not your own but you you want to think about it a little you be a little bit more thoughtful especially as you're just starting out right right yeah no, it goes definitely. quick it, it does go quick that's perfect <laughs> i love that um so shannon obviously we want to give people um where they can reach you learn more all of that but before we do what would be um kind of two or three top tips that you would say okay you just listen to this episode go take action on this this and this yeah i think if you're listening to this if you're listening to this and thinking about your money situation your personal money situation i think that you should go and look at where you're spending look at your food and just kind of literally take your credit card your last two months credit card debit card statements and go through everything with a fine tooth and think about and ask yourself is this something that's bringing me closer to my goals and what i want out of life or is it taking me away from it and figure out how to remove you what's taking you away from your goals you'll achieve your goals faster if you do that. And I think if you're thinking about this and as an entrepreneur and thinking about your business, the number one thing I'd say is um, if you're passionate about it, stick with your passion and don't stop doing what you're doing um, because other people say to not do it. I'm three years into my business. I am just now opening the first financial gym in New York city. We're opening up in, in a week and I wanted to open up three years ago, but that's just how my business worked. And three years later, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And I stuck with it because I was passionate about it. So if you are keep pushing through because you'll eventually get there. Perfect. I love it. All right. So Shannon, where can people connect with you, learn more, get any resources that you have that you think would be really valuable in, in helping them on their journey? Yeah. So if they want to find out more about my company, they can find on financialgym.net. And like I said, we're 
We're opening our first physical location in New York, but we have virtual services as well. If they want to listen to me talk more about money and drink cocktails, uh, my podcast is Martinis and Your Money, and that is available on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can find me on Twitter at Blonde underscore Finance. Love it. All right. Awesome. Shannon, thanks so much for being a phenomenal guest on Unstoppable Success Radio and for everything that you shared today. And for our listeners, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.